All right, guys, welcome back. This is the Inside Dirt Show um, Newcastle Supercross Round 2 Review Show. And uh, this is, of course, being brought to you by uh, Michelin, uh, the guys at Gas Imports, and the Michelin Starcross 6, uh, of course, dominating the AORC this year. Josh Green winning outright uh, and um, really making a big statement. It's proven itself as a very competitive tyre, dominating in the bush. And uh, Brett Metcalf also running the Michelin Starcross 6 in um, Primex. So uh, soft, medium, sand, hard, and I personally run the tyre. It's a really great tyre. Uh, big improvement from the Starcross 5. Back to normal PSI settings. Uh, longevity, it's a great tyre. Check it out. Uh, also via Gas Imports is Thor Australia. Um, the 24 um, Thor range is now out. Uh, you've seen Danger Boy Deegan running it. You've seen Jorge Prado in America who's now signed off Supercross, which is really cool. Um, Prime range is out. The Pulse range is out. There's also the Sentinel Protective Wear. And uh, check out gasimports.com.au for all your Michelin and Thor Australia uh, needs. And uh, also welcome in a new partner to the Inside Dirt Show. It is um, House of Alchemy, which is uh, our new base here on the Sunshine Coast. I've just moved to the Sunny Coast and our new offices for Inside Dirt and ID Media Group are at House of Alchemy. It is the uh, Sunshine Coast newest healing and human optimization center. And uh, for all you guys that are local on the sunny coast, there's infrared saunas, float tanks, there's hyperbaric chambers, red light therapy, ice, uh, you know, contrast therapy with ice baths and spas. Uh, there's lymphatic, um, you know, sports, uh, normatec recovery leg boots, um, a lot of cool stuff for athletes and uh, just everyday health and well-being at House of Alchemy. So houseofalchemy.com. It's houseofalchemy with an M-E at the end, .com. Check it out and uh, make sure you tell them that uh, Inside Dirt and Joe Stevens sent you. If you want to make a booking, hit me up if you're curious. Uh, shout out to those guys. And uh, with that being said, thanks to Gas Imports, thanks to Michelin Starcross 6, uh, Thor Australia, and of course, uh, House of Alchemy. Um, Joel Evans in the house tonight in studio. And also, Kayla Barham, uh, Dylan Wills, and Dino Official coming on as guests. We're going to talk all things Newcastle, so let's get to the show. Okay, kids, you're in for a real treat today. He, he's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. Data never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. It, it'd be like looking over and seeing your, your ex-missus with someone else. Like, it's a... Uh... There's a few of them going around the pits, I'm sure. That's <laughs> Do you know what I've been smacking lately? Can we say it on the show? <laughs> Why weren't you more successful? Well, you know, because I sucked, so... All right, guys, as promised, this is the uh, Inside Dirt Show Newcastle Australian Supercross Round 2 Review, and uh, we have had technical difficulties. We're about to redo the first 20 minutes of the show, which is really annoying, um, but as promised, I am joined by Privateer to Pro, the People's Champ, uh, the YouTube hero, Mr. Joel Evans. How you doing, bud? Yeah, we're good. We're off to a little bit of a rough start, but... Uh... I don't know what's going on with my, um, my broadcaster tonight, but anyway, we just had an epic chat. We're going to have to emulate that and try to condense it a little bit. Um, on the show tonight, Joel's going to just have a chat about, obviously, 
uh, all things Newcastle. We're going to hear about his epic tale to getting there and uh, all things Joel in 2023. And obviously, also coming on, we've got Caleb Barham, uh, Yamalib Yamaha's Caleb Barham, fresh off the podium. I think it's his first Supercross podium overall. Yeah, he deserved it too. He's been riding awesome this year. He really did, man. Good, good rise. We'll get Cage on in just a minute. Um, we've got Dylan Wills coming on, who you raced in SX1. He's back from injury. He had a bike and a Hot Wheels box in the pits. It was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to him about that. Um, and Darnell Official is going to drop in at some point to talk his usual um, smack talk and uh, do his thing. So let's get into it, guys. Uh, Inside Dirt Show, like I said, Newcastle Review. Joel, um, thanks for coming in, man. I'm a local now. I'm on the sunny coast. Show's a day late, but uh, I was moving house yesterday and it worked out. We could get you in. And, um, man, from Newcastle, you're coaching today. It's like been two days. You're at the track again. There's no rest for the privateers. No, we, we don't stop, mate. But, no, it's definitely cool to come in back in and haven't had a, been able to sit down and talk motorbikes with yourself for a while. So, There's always been a geographical kind of deal. Yeah, 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 that's right. It's always a bit tough to work it out, but should be a lot easier now. We're, um, we're basically neighbours and... I just come straight from Coolum, doing a bit of coaching, uh, right from Newcastle, and yeah, I, I just love it. Anytime, like, it's not really a chore for me to be at the track every day. I love it. Dude, I'm so bummed Coolum's going, because I live in Coolum now. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's where my house is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bummer. I know I was there today, and uh, I saw it, I think it was today, actually, they put up a post. Did you see that, Facebook? Nah, nah. Um, There's a few more just, practice days, right? Yeah, a few more practice days, but they just did an update on the, um, like, the removal, I've lost the word here. Um, the relocation. Yeah. The so track. what's going on with that? Is there news? So the news and the rumours basically was they were going to take it to Coochin Creek, which is sort of towards Brizzy, but pretty close. It's basically still on the coast. Really cool location. Mm. Um, but I think there's a little bit of trouble. They're sort of working on that. But I've heard that as a rumour, whereas now they've actually said that openly on the Facebook. Right. Um, but they still haven't got Isn't it. Isn't there dramas in. with the road or something? I don't know. They, they didn't go into that much detail, but they did say that, which which sucks, there was someone that after the Nationals actually, uh, financial benefactor, they said, um, actually offered to buy the land and keep Coolum running. Like, they would just buy that land. So, yeah, obviously, right. a lot of money they're going to dump in there. And um, the Sunshine Coast must be short on industrial space. So, they said, nope, we're yeah. not, not going to take any offers. Doesn't matter how much money you throw at us. So... That's a bummer because it would that would have been an epic end to this. It's like I know it got rescued. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a bit like Dean Ferris's comeback. It just keeps coming back. But <laughs> we are. it would be cool to see that. Yeah, it sucks because literally it's in like I don't know for me riding. It seems like way too much hard work. Honestly, with the sand, I am going to ride it before it closes. I've never ridden a Coolum. You haven't still. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's just the experience of Coolum though. Like I am, I'm a bit of those one of those weird guys that doesn't mind suffering. So I always seem to do pretty well there, but. Uh, I think for anyone, it's like even if you go there, it's just you sort of have to experience. It's only one round per year. If you're not the biggest fan of it, it's just such an epic location. I love the sand. I just don't ride enough anymore um, yeah. to to enjoy it. I, I would assume. Um, but then also because I've been going there for so many years, I feel like it's that hot chick that you like never got to hook up with. And then if you did, would it ruin it? I think it would ruin it for you. Yeah, yeah. so I don't really yeah. want to do it. Like she, she wouldn't be everything you thought <laughs> no, you were gonna be. That's where I'm at with it. But and you'd probably um, last way longer than less. <laughs> than <laughs> yeah, so, than you thought. It's so. probably on par. It's probably on par. Um, yeah, I want I want Grayson, my son, to ride the peewee track. Um, I'll probably take him there for the last few practice days, just so he can have a little rip around there. But and that'll be cool. Yeah. That'll be cool. Like that'll be a nice little closing of that loop for me, because then when he's like 
Jet Lawrence one day, I can be like, he started in the same place. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, we, we, I'm kidding. Jet's footsteps. Yeah, right. Um, all right, so we, we were definitely running late because we had some technical problems, so we're going to condense this intro before we get to Kayla Barham in just a minute. But, um, man, you've been, you know, privateer program, doing your thing in Prime X, and then you had a lot of bike issues. Um, then you were riding a stock, and you were trying to get that in for Supercross, and it nearly happened, and then it didn't, and now you're on a Yamaha, and there's a lot going on. So um, talk about, like, the two-month window between Coulomb, or, or how do you say it, Coulomb? I don't know. I feel like I say it normal. Yeah. You've, you've said you and before. Dean say it the same. It's like, it's funny. Um, but, yeah, Coulomb to Newcastle, like, seemed like a lot was going on. Yeah, so it, pretty well the Joel Evans program has been all over the place. Um, to try to condense it somewhat, we had a bunch of issues this year. It wasn't exactly the year, like last year, seventh overall Pro MX, and I was sort of on the rise, and I felt like I made improvements. Uh, and then just, yeah, like I said, a bunch of bike issues. Finished Coolum with another blown-up bike. Uh, just made it over the line with the biggest rattle ever in Moto1. Um, and then that turned into finishing the year. I was starting to get ready. I was like, yep, let's do Supercross. I got a 10 grand bill. And that stopped things real quick. So um, just like, yep, let's go to work and get it done and sort of pay this off and get ready to go again. And uh, I was doing some concrete and I was doing coaching. I was traveling around everywhere. And then I hit up Brisbane Motorcycles if they had any work and the Stark thing come up. So for me, that was really cool, like getting to experience a different type of work, like a little bit more um, sales and demos and just like showing people the bike and I rode it myself and was just sold on it. So it was pretty easy to sell something that you love. Um, you look good on it, man. Like I was yeah. surprised how good you looked on it at the Supercross track. Yeah. So that, that Supercross track video we did too, that was day one on the bike. Mm. So I spoke to the guys and they said, okay, well, if we're going to do it though, we're going to Supercross track. And I was so scared because it was about five weeks after cool and I haven't touched a bike. When you're straight on a new bike on a Supercross track. Yeah. And no I clutch. was like, this thing's got no clutch, no yeah. gears. What am I going to do a backflip? Did What's you have a handbrake on? or a footbrake? Footbrake. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think they were a little bit scared to throw me on the handbrake straight oh, oh, on the yeah. Supercross track, plus all the other factors. Um, but it were is. Were you out there with incredible. Sleater and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, Sleater. Um, Leesky was there. Yeah. It was like the whole star crew. So it was essentially just a test, like a magazine test type of deal. Yeah, okay. Um, and yeah, it was awesome just to experience the bike and see just how good it is because the hype is 100% real. Um, I know there's a lot of hate and or just people like a bit of. Um, tension around it i guess but dude forget it's just fun. not to segue we'll come back to this because we don't yeah. have time but the hate on social media right now for anything <laughs> like yeah. i'm over it like anytime supercross posts anything anytime promex posts anything oh everyone's blah, 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 blah. yeah it's like dude i don't know what this divide is becoming between like the fans of the sport and racing everyone thinks that australia should just be MXGP or AMA Supercross, like, I don't know if people need more education or it's this tall poppy syndrome thing in Australia. I don't know what it is. Every time I see a social media post from the industry, it's like, from Newcastle. Like, Newcastle was epic. It was incredible. Yeah, all right, track and stuff, we'll talk about that. Maybe it was gnarly. From where I was standing, yelling to the fans and doing my thing as commentator, it was amazing. And everyone's just, oh, this sucks, this, and same with the start box. Should they be able to... You know, all the hating, all the comments, it's like all these manufacturers are coming in, all this money's coming in to racing. Yeah. 
be happy about positive, it. Positive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I think that tall poppy, there's something to that because mm. it just seems like every. I'm with you 100%. I'm not that guy. I, I love the sport and I just hate that everyone, like, even if something goes wrong, it's like they talk about that. The event, like I said, Newcastle could be epic. Yeah. And it was slick, so then everyone's, like, blowing up. Or the track was, like, people got hurt, so it's like, oh, it's the track builder's fault or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's, it's like it's, it's super cross. Bikes. Super yeah, cross. Like. It's gnarly. Anyway, but, yeah, um, for whatever reason, in the end, MA decided that they weren't going to let the electric bike race supercross this year. Yeah, yeah, so to condense that and get back to that story, um, so I tested it, did that basically test, and then I think they were pretty impressed with how it went. They didn't expect me to gel with it, so... Just a bit of context, I jumped everything second lap on and like it hadn't rode the bike before. It just, you feel instantly comfortable. Or I did at least. Um, and I've always been scared of supercross whoops. I like skim the whoops. You got no clutch, bro. You got no choice. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, right. You yeah. can't <laughs> slow yourself down. Yeah. I can was... imagine the commitment factor is like a lot easier to get to because you can't disengage your engine, right? Yeah. And, but the thing is, as well, you don't feel like. You just have so much confidence. There's so much connection from your hand to the rear wheel. There's no inertia, which is the biggest thing. So like through the whoops, if it steps out, you're like, oh, you're basically on a push bike. It's mm. like you don't feel like you got that 450 truck between your legs. Because they're heavier on the stand, yes. but they ride a lot lighter. Yeah, right? When you pull it off the stand, you're scared. Yeah. Like this thing's heavy. It's like a tank. <laughs> yeah. But then you ride it, it feels so light. Because all I can liken it to is I've ridden the, um, what's the mountain bike version. Uh, like a e like just an e bike. No, no, sorry, oh, Suron. Suron, and my mate's got a Suron, and we take the kids to the BMX track, um, and we jump everything, man. Like all the big yeah. rhythms at the BMX track, yeah, right? right. Yeah. But you're just zoop, and it's it's like a BMX with an engine. Like you pull yeah. up, you, you do everything you would, and I can imagine that with the power and a, and a, and a dirt bike chassis, like how cool it would feel to be able to just whip that thing around, you know? Yeah. I, I guess it's similar. Inst- yeah, that instant talk takes the weight away. Mm. And then it's like you're just so connected to the ground, like I said. So, yeah, anyway, after that, spoke to Brisbane Motorcycles and the Stark guys. The Stark guys um, don't really do sponsorship type deal, but it was more so they were willing to give us some information and help us like through the process. Um, Brisbane, and then they were speaking to MA back and forth and like it was looking like it was going to happen. We were going to be able to race Supercross. So I was going to get, I think, two days on a track do my coaching tour, come back two days and head to Adelaide. Flights were booked. Um, like we sort of, we spoke about that already. Um, I was ready to go. And then last minute, yeah, MA just, um, I think with obviously there's probably a bit of pushback from some other people. Plus um, just the newness of it. They weren't sure how they were going to govern it. Um, and well, yeah, it the, fell through last minute. The biggest fear I think, right, is uh, the 80 horsepower thing. The thing is a monster from what I yep. hear but you can set it in increments to different horsepower settings. Yes. But then they're saying, how do they monitor that? Not not that having the 80 horsepower electric bike at Adelaide would have helped whatsoever. Yeah, not at all. But these are all things that they need to, you know, because I don't know if they're going to allow them. I hear they're going to allow them to race in Prime X next year. Uh, I think they will from what I'm hearing as well, but I honestly don't have inside information. No, on neither that. do I, but it's just what I'm hearing. I know they've been testing them and like MA has been. Yeah. Involved. I know they've done the like, test and yeah. they come up with horsepower ranges and everything. And that was all done. Um, I think, yeah, the people and stuff that have done it, all that was kept pretty quiet. Um, but yeah, that was all sort of done and sorted. And like you said, there is, so 
it's that easy. You can do it midway up a straight. You can change your horsepower. You can set your five different modes. Mm. So if you want to ride the track in 40 horsepower, but you wanted 80 for the start, you could take off an 80 midway up the start straight, click one button with your thumb, and it could go down to 40. So that's what people are scared of. Yeah, is that the advantage you can, Yeah, it, it, I don't want to, obviously, we don't have all day, but there's five different modes. You could set all five modes on 40 horsepower and take the phone off. That's right. how you do it. If that phone's not so there, you it's can't locked. touch it. Yeah, okay. Um, so that doesn't happen. And then for I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this follow your YouTube series. Yep. If they don't, what's your channel called again? It's just Joel Evans. Joel you Evans. just search Joel Evans, even Privateer to Pro, that'll probably come up. But, yeah. Um, Joel Evans on YouTube, you'll be able to follow. It's basically my whole life is on there, so <laughs> there's not much I don't Dude, really Dude, it's on. so good, man. Like You and I have, have talked, I reckon – Probably four years in a row now. We have a little powwow once a year and, yeah. and and just talk about your program and your branding and what you're doing. And that has been, in my opinion, one of the best investments you've made. Yes. It's, it's a big time commitment. But now it's so second nature, like seeing Michaela with the camera. Yeah. You do it like it's just so what you do and what you've become known to do. Yeah. And even I watch them, man, because I just have it on the TV. And because I watch Primex and TV, I watch on Supercross, yep. I watch some of the Aussie stuff, you're just in my feed. Yeah. So I wonder what Joel's up to. Like it's, you know, and then normally that's when I call you. I'll be like, oh, hey man, I'm watching your vlog. Like it keeps you front and center. And then I'll be like, we should do this. We should do that. But, yeah. um, you know, yeah, next minute on the vlog, you're driving to Sydney and you're like, I'm, I'm getting a Yamaha. Yeah. So I, I, James from Brisbane Motorcycles, um, it, I'm a Brisbane Motorcycles guy. Like we, um, yeah, people don't, I guess fully understand, but Brisbane Motorcycles have just about every brand of bike. Um, and I'm not a Yamaha guy, a Honda guy, a Stark guy. I'm Brisbane Motorcycles through and through. So whatever they have, essentially, I've sort of got to deal with them and then just help them out. So I spoke to James and a part of Dean's deal at the start of the year was um, with the Yamaha. They had that bike there ready for him to go. And he never took it. Yamaha sort of took over that program somewhat throughout the year and they didn't need that bike. So he said, I think it was about four o'clock in the Arvo, he said, oh, if you can wait a couple of weeks, I'll get it shipped up. But I just found out this dark thing was done. So I was like, no, nah, man, can I pick it up in the morning? Just jumped in the van and <laughs> drove to Sydney and regretted it when I was about, you know. How many hours, hours is sleep. from here? 14? It was about 12. Yeah. So you did a 24-hour round trip? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a couple hours sleep. Yeah, yeah. Dude, my days, are, I used to, when I was young, because <laughs> I'm not young anymore, I used to, live, I used to live in the States and uh, Florida to Boston or... Florida to Wisconsin, you know, we'd base ourselves in the South and travel to the North to ride yeah. shows, freestyle shows and events. 24 hours, no problem. Awake, yeah. Red Bull, no doze, nothing else. Like, just, just yeah. no problem. A few hours sleep. You know, if, dude, if I did that now, I would be done for a week. <laughs> it, it does knock you around. I was tired for a bit. But honestly, Moto Podcast is like, I'm just a big geek of Moto, so... You, you listen to a, stuff out. I listen to all of it, and yeah. it's like, yeah, I pretty well. There's a lot of moto content out there, and I could use more with the amount of driving I do. It's true. Did you fly home from Newcastle? No, I drove. You drove. Oh, it's only like what seven, eight hours. Uh, it's ten. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a lot. It's still a lot. Of hours. <laughs> still a lot. Yeah. yeah, I get. Yeah, okay. Because I guess yeah, Goldie's about seven or eight, and then this we're a couple of hours yeah, north. Goldie's like yeah, seven and a half, eight, I think. Yeah. Dude, I've done this drive way too much. I'm so glad to do this drive anymore. Yeah. Now I'm it's here. It's not a fun one. No, traffic and everything, Brisbane. Yeah. Anyway, um, so you get Yammy and then did you get any days on it before Newcastle? Like how'd that work? Yeah, yeah so I I decided 
that I wasn't going to race. And then the, the, <laughs> when I first went to the track, I went to Pimpama and there's a supercross track. They rode the motocross track. I did a day there. And then I spoke to Luke and said, hey, can I come back tomorrow and ride the supercross track? So I did that on stock suspension and bottomed out on everything. Mm-hmm. And then I made the decision after that day. I spoke to Michaela. It took a little convincing. Um, she's awesome, but I am pretty sporadic, as we can tell from the stories. Mm. Um, and I was like, hey, I, I really want to do it. I said I was going to do it. So um, took suspension in, got suspension done. And, yeah, that was under two weeks until Newcastle. So I've um, I've had, yeah, I don't know how many days, but a few days on the bike now. Yeah, right. Um, and then that was a pretty gnarly track, man. Like... Yeah. So that was a real supercross track. I, I think it was maybe a little more forgiving than it looked at the beginning yes. of the day. But then once it got shiny and hard, it wasn't forgiving anymore. Yeah, so that's it. I don't like the tracks that I've been riding, honestly, have been gnarlier than that. Mm. Um, and it, it is crazy because there were a lot of injuries, which sucks. But the track wasn't that gnarly, but I think it's just the conditions made it gnarly. Yeah. So I had a pretty big crash in the heat race. and um, You did. That's I, right. I remember yelling about that. <laughs> Where did you crash again? It's all a blur. Uh, the back rhythm after the finish. Yeah. I, what I did went two, three, or two and three quarters, I that's guess. That's right. And you cased it. And I remember yeah, and seeing into the, the next one. Yeah, yeah. And then Josh Bishop, um, um, Jesse Bishop, I should say, clipped my bike, who I've been training with, and he popped his shoulder out. So um, Jesse's sucks. MX farm, Jesse, right? Yeah. 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 Damn it. Yeah. Cause I've seen him in the sling. It was crazy, man. Like I think, um, again, we're going to call Caleb Barham in a second. We'll yep. get, we'll get back to your night. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk more about that. Um, but you look at the depth in four fifties right now, obviously, you know, you've got Tanny out, Medi out. Um, there's plenty more for some reason yeah. I'm forgetting. Well, <laughs> Dean's not doing it. Jed's not doing it. Kirk. Kirk's not doing it. Like, there's so many factory spots where I think because Supercross has been in such a precarious position for the last few years, you know, in America, it's Supercross only. In Australia, it's kind of motocross only, right? It's the opposite, for sure. Yeah, it's the opposite. And, and, um, yeah, I was actually chatting to Milner today, Dan Milner, and we were chatting. And he was like, man, they should be kind of made to do it in their contracts, like, you know, a little bit. We were just talking, and I was like, yeah, I guess it doesn't really work that way, but... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see now Supercross is coming back where it's going to go. But, but yeah. It's crazy to see though because I I see what you're saying there and it's like there is a lot of top guys not doing it, even like Jed and stuff. Like, mm. But it seems like the hype around it is has grown so much from last year. So the privateers, there's more. There's like there's way more riders at the moment. It's well, just it's not right at the tip. Yeah, it seems like almost it's more a privateer series than a factory series, which yeah. is kind of awesome when you think about it. Um, For sure. I had um, even like just the way that they're doing it, like they've got good prize money and stuff. So for privateers, it yeah. is cool. I know. Um, yeah, you didn't get the MX store top privateer, but you got 10th, right? 10th yeah. overall. So, so it's 500, what? I think. 500 bucks. 500 bucks, okay. Which I had no idea. I, yeah. I hadn't looked at any of this and Corey Watts come up to me. He must have known I was doing okay or something. And he just like give me like the the money signal. like Yeah, right. He's like doing pretty good. And I was like, I had no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, look, man, 500 bucks is 500 bucks, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. That's really good. Um, okay. Well, cool, KJ. But to, to finish my point, um, I can't remember my point. The depth. For you, it, it like, in, I guess you kind of where you would be in Prime X, right? As you were top 10, 8 to 12 guy in Prime X, I think. Yep. 
you were probably better than that this year. You made some super poles, but your your bike situation was just not good. Yeah. Um, every time I think you got something going, it went away. Yeah. My perspective of, of seeing you every round. Um, but yeah, with, with the privateers, I guess it's like maybe there's less factory guys, but then the battle from like seventh to 15th seems really tight you know yeah, for sure. yeah. like when when you guys were getting laps it's like you were in your own battles yeah and everyone you know brayton was not happy with the lappers and i'm sure we can get into that i yeah, don't know yeah. if you got a block pass or anything at one point but no, i was i was not putting myself in that situation i did my head on a swivel i was i was not wanting to be that guy i was that moto one was i think the only one that i got lapped and um yeah, I basically pulled over and was like, "Go on, boys, just get, yeah. get past me, please." Go, go get it, go get <laughs> it. All right, let's call Caleb, and uh, we will we'll keep talking about. Um, I try to call Max Anstey, but he's flying. I think he's. Rui said he's flying home. I don't know if he's flying back to the states from Sydney or if he's flying back to Mel. I couldn't quite understand, but yeah, it, regardless, I got his voicemail, so he's not coming on tonight. Yeah. Um, all right, let's call Caleb. Hello, hello, Caleb. Welcome to the uh, Inside Dirt Show, mate. How you doing? Good, good. How are you, mate? Good, man. Hey, congratulations. Um, I've got Joel Evans here with me and uh, fresh off the podium, mate. Third, big dog over here. Yeah, I know. It's been a long time coming, but yeah, it was good, man. It was a good weekend. We finally got to, to a proper Supercross track on the weekend. And look, for me, it paid dividends. It was unreal. So uh, we were able to, to link it all together and put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And uh, yeah, we, we made it happen at the end of the day and that's all that mattered. Um, yeah, man. I mean, look, it's been... It's almost been a anti-climax for you. Like you had the, I mean, we've got the privateer to pro over here next to me, Joel Evans, and and you've been long-time privateer, and you finally got the the glass slipper on Cinderella. You got the factory ride, uh, you know, late through Prime X, and then you got injured, and it never really got going for you. Um, so I can imagine. Well, I can't. I've seen your reaction, the team. You know, Darnell, the man friend, I think he's replaced you with, uh, Nato Croft has been replaced by you now with him. Um, but everyone was stoked. I could see the the sense of how much this meant to everyone because this was meant to happen in Prime X for you and it's taken another six months, you know? Yeah, exactly. Obviously, well, when we got the call up, um, I was I was fighting fit and ready to go. And yeah, unfortunately, the following race, we just had a little niggling, niggling crash that, that unfortunately it hindered me for, for the entire motocross season. I won't deny it. And um, yeah, it honestly it was it was just a pain in the butt to ride. I wasn't riding throughout the week much, uh, and if I was, it, it was. I'd, I could ride one day and then I'd have to have two or three days off to let the swelling go down out of my hands. So, uh, look, I was just happy to finish the motocross season off and kind of, kind of get a little bit of time off. And then, yeah, look, we came into Supercross and, and look, everyone knows that I, I thoroughly enjoy Supercross and, and I was able to kind of gel with that Yamaha a little bit more. It took me a little bit longer to get, get my head around that blue bike, but once I did, um, look, it obviously showed on the weekend what we can do. Uh, the starts were back. Uh, I finally kind of got the suspension and that dialed to how I felt I needed it to be. And, yeah, we were able to link it all together. Unfortunately enough that Wardy and Nash, uh, that they were 100% behind me no matter what, what we chose to do, and we made it happen, and that's all that we needed to do. So uh, to link it all together and finally put it on the box, the first time that Yamalu Yamaha Racing uh, bike has been on the podium this year and to be the first one to do it for him, uh, look, it, it was unreal, and it showed in. In Wardy, Nash, and myself, obviously, as soon as I got the confirmation that I was on the podium, uh, it was it was phenomenal. I was absolutely pumped. So, yeah, it was absolutely awesome. 
Yeah, that's super cool, man. So Joel here. Um, it obviously I've sort of seen your program and stuff. You've always had a really good program yourself. Um, but the stuff like you said, being injured, you couldn't take advantage of getting this ride, which is for me like when a lot of people that don't quite understand the sport, I guess, think it's all the bike. Like, oh, you're on the factory bike, you'll be so much better. But I think for us, it's it's all the resources and stuff around it. So by the sounds of it, it's like just you had the time finally where you didn't have your wrist or your thumb or whatever's going on with you during motocross to hinder you. And you could take advantage of Wardy and Nash and all that testing stuff and take advantage of their resources to actually put in the work that you probably would have been restricted with on a privateer program. Does that sound pretty yeah. cool? Yeah, exactly that, man. And obviously, you yourself being a privateer, you completely understand it as well. Um, it was exactly that. And even even going into round one of Supercross, I, I didn't take full advantage of the team. I, I, I kind of, as you know yourself, Joel, you kind of you get one engine package when you're a privateer and you're pumped on it. You don't get to change it. You don't get to tinker with it. You don't get to mess around with valves or cams or intakes or anything like that. And when Supercross come around, oh, I didn't take full advantage of that. Um, I, I kind of, yeah, I had no real idea what to do because I've never been in this position before and I went way too stiff on my suspension. I wasn't kind of anticipating for exactly how tight Adelaide was going to be. Coming out of Adelaide, obviously, it was a horrendous result for me. I knew that I, it was nowhere near where I needed to be. Um, and then, yeah, I was fortunate enough that it kind of flicked the switch a little bit and I kind of understood and we had a meeting with the team and, and we kind of understood what I needed, what I felt like I needed to do moving forward. That following week, we made some suspension changes. Um, and look, it, as we saw on the weekend, it was a completely different rider. Uh, I was able to be a whole lot more aggressive on that Yamaha and I felt felt like it was the first time that I could I could really push uh, push and show everybody a little bit of what Caleb Byram, Caleb Byram could deliver. So, uh, yeah, obviously the resources that, that they have, especially this team, and I truly believe that it is a championship-winning team, uh, that they have they have an awesome awesome budget and awesome um, setup with Wardy and Nash. Myself and Nash get along so well and work really, really well together. And obviously, um, yeah, combining that with the Zero Zero Elite Rider Training Program, Program. Uh, and Dean from Fighting for Physio, I feel like I clicked all the pieces of the puzzle together on the weekend and it was it was just a whole lot of time and effort from not just myself but everybody involved that it kind of come to fruition on the weekend. You look at like the, the names that you actually beat, I'm just looking at the top 10 now, like obviously Anstey is world class, like he's actually world supercross champion and, and he's won AMA supercross like that. This, this year he won AMA yeah, supercross. Yeah, he's legit and I think... It actually surprised me how much he was on another level to everybody else, and that's not talking down on what you're doing, KJ, but, like, he, he was going really fast, man. Like, he looked like elite-level AMA Supercross speed. Um, but then you look at how close you and NATO were, Caleb. I know you guys trained together. And then you beat Cole Thompson. You beat Robbie Wageman. You beat Wilson Todd, Reese Budd, like – you know, Reese Buds, did he win a Supercross or he podium? I can't remember which one it was. But yeah, he, he, won, he won one there last year with Nash. So now, yeah. <laughs> Nash was that, and then Newcastle's been good to him. Both times he's been there, he's ended up on the podium. That's so, right. It was good to keep that streak going. Far out, yeah. So, like, you know, obviously consistency. Look, I, I had to commentate 125 races on Saturday night, so I can't remember exactly what happened every moto. But what were your moto scores? Uh, the first one, I got a decent start. Uh, I think I made my way from fourth up to second, I'm pretty sure, fifth up to second. Um, and then NATO was gone by that stage, and Anstey got me with a couple laps to go. Uh, so I was third in that one. The second one, made my way to fourth and just kind of stayed there. Um, and then in the last one, got a good start. And me and 
Crawford actually come together pretty loose off the you start, did, man. Through in that, that first, rhythm, mate. hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually got a video of it the other day. I don't know if NATO looked like NATO spun, but I knew he wasn't going to. I thought he wasn't going to double that in, and yeah, he ended up doubling straight <laughs> into the side. I mean, put me in the tough blocks pretty loose. He, yeah, I remember. We actually quite um, lucky that it didn't end up putting both of us down. So yeah, that ended up pushing me a fair bit back, and then I made my way back into fifth. I think it was. And unfortunately, just from trying to come back through so quick, I actually fried the clutch a little bit on my own doing and um, ended up stalling it coming into return one. So I thought I blew it, man. Like, I think I was back in probably 14th or something or other. And I just put my head down, butt up and, and did everything I could do. I just twisted the throttle and pretty much closed my eyes going into the whoops and just hoped <laughs> for the best and, and ended up coming back. And I think I was ninth. So I went three, four, nine for third overall by three points on Cole. So... Yeah, it was, it was loose. It was pretty gnarly. But for me, the three-point scoring rounds put me up to sixth in the championship now, so which is great. Uh, there's obviously, I wish Melbourne was another three-point three uh, three round scores, but it's not going to be, unfortunately. But it's Supercross. Anything can happen. And hopefully, with a little bit of luck, we can throw ourselves further up that podium and, and maybe even see if we can nudge in that top three for the overall championship. Yeah, talking about those whoops, I was, um, that was one of the things... Yeah, can you guys really talk about them? Because yeah. I... There was a lot of shapes being cut through those things, and I I didn't go the other side of them all day to see how bad shape they were. But talk about them because you guys are gnarly. Yeah, so they were big and like they were pretty round though. Like at the start of the day, I'm not a big supercross guy, so it's all fairly new to me. I know KJ's done a lot more, but um, I was looking at size and it scared me a little bit in the morning. And then uh, got to qualifying, I was like, oh, these things are starting to get a bit cupped out. And then by the time the mains come around, and for KJ to say he's coming in. I'm sure he was making up time there in that last moto because for anyone to even hit them at the end, they were gnarly. Like they had big curbs on the tops of each one, and you're like, if you fall in, you'd lose KJ. Neither <laughs> <laughs> of us are real. Send a big, search so, party. Yeah, they were pretty. <laughs> yeah, pretty quite literally. <laughs> you were going nah, you're deadly right, things. and that was exactly it, man. I was literally when I crashed. Like I was fortunate enough to. Obviously, I trained with NATO, so, and if you would ask me this last year, man, like, whoops were my kryptonite last year, so um, I told Dean from Fighter for Physio and said, man, we need to get better in these things. That was my kryptonite last year. I got past him left, right, and center, so um, we put into our program a whole lot more strength, so I could obviously just straddle it through there a bit nicer. Obviously, I can't grow too much further, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I pretty much just, uh, the strength's obviously there, and it's the first time this year that I saw the whoops and went, yeah, it's going to be game on today, and yeah, I was lucky that I was able to kind of in the first two, I, I was solid through them. I wouldn't probably have been the fastest there. Anthony was obviously dominating us through them. Um, but but I wasn't losing any time to NATO through them, which for me, that's a good gauge. He obviously has a whole lot more pivot in them long legs of his. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah they, they were good for me through there. And as you said, Joel, in that last one, I knew that if I had any chance of a podium, I had to skim the whoops and I had to skim them good. So, uh, obviously, the first, you probably remember, Joel, I'm pretty sure it was three, four, and five had massive knuckles on them. The first two were okay, but I literally closed my eyes over the third, fourth, and fifth. And if I got through them somewhat okay, then I'd skim my way out to the burn. But there was a couple there, man, I have feed off and it was not real pretty. But we got the job done. And unfortunately, for especially like my teammate, Jade Cannon, um, and there was a couple other boys that lies Oishi and that like they there are a couple big crashes from them. but it's a supercross track and they they were nice supercross whoops. Joel's been to my house before he knows that my track's a real deal and that's the reason why I build my track the way I do is because when we get to races like that we're prepared for them. Yeah, you yeah. guys are um, you're, you're men. They were a legit set of whoops and I mean you just had to look at like Jake Cannon's crash. Um, did you see that? 
I did see it. I was Man. sitting next to his yeah. sister, actually, so it was pretty gnarly, yeah. Yeah, bro. Like, that was... Um, I mean, the crash itself wasn't too bad, but then, obviously, the bike collecting him which is always the fear you're like you get splattered in, a, in the valley of the whoops and the bike follows through which is unfortunately what happened to him but the hard part about those whoops though and like kj said and it's awesome that he went and he was like game on how you said that man like that's because you need that like the the only way you're going to hit whoops like that is to come in and commit especially once they were cupped out like at the end because you just lose all speed and that was jakey was awesome at that he was committing he was looking a bit scary but he was really committing well he was committed yeah. um I think the difference between Wilson and Anstey and, and the rest of, of like, you're right, KJ, like, it was sort of you and NATO next were the, the next fastest after Anstey. I, that's what I mean, that, that elite level AMA speed where I think he was maybe a few inches higher on the whoops than you guys. Um, and just really driving across the top of them where, not that you guys weren't, but he was just a few mile an hour faster and probably hitting a little less in between. But that is so yep. hard yep. to do. <laughs> like, to go from the elite level, you guys are hitting it to that world level. You go, oh, just twist it harder. But it's not that. Like, you guys were coming in. I mean, he was probably carrying a little more corner speed. But he, I was watching him. I was counting his gears. He was going second over the dragon back, third over the triple. Then he was clicking fourth coming into those whoops. And he even said to me after on the podium, so I was talking about how slippery it was, and he said, dude, I was fifth through those whoops in that last fifth. main event. Right, right. Which I've never heard of that on a 250. I've never heard of fifth. I genuinely didn't even think about hitting fifth there through them. I was just kitten fourth on the first one and, again, hoping for the best. But um, he, as you said, he's just, he's just that bit quicker in everything. He's just got a little bit more mid-corner speed. He just stays a couple inches lower throughout the rhythm lanes. And through the whoops, man, he just was a, an inch higher through every single one of them, which just caused that he was exactly a couple kilometers an hour quicker through them, but he used less energy through them. And it's just all the little things, man. He's just perfected it from being a supercross rider all year round. He's just so fine-tuned at it. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, we're not here to talk about him. We're here to talk about you. Um, so, yeah, man, look, you're fifth in points. I think you're only a few points behind Wilson Todd, who, man, I don't know what happened to Wilson. He was just not on. Uh, he had one good main, I think, some crashes. I don't know if he couldn't get his head around the track or it was an unusual night for him. But um, I think the top three may be out of your reach after round one, Caleb. But you, you could, you know, realistically, you're the first Yamaha um, – in SX2, which is, you know, obviously you're on a factory back team, which is, I guess, somewhat expected. But between yourselves and Serco and, and all the other, like, that's a pretty good achievement, man. You're beating the internationals. Like, that's cool. Yeah, most definitely. And third isn't out of reach. I'm pretty sure it's seven points. So if we oh, okay. were a three-point okay. round again, it'd be game on. But I'm going to need a little bit of luck, if I'm honest. But, man, we're just going to we're just gonna get the start to we're used to and get on out of there. The, the rest of the race is going to have to ride itself. But, yeah, we're just going to do what we did this weekend, get some good starts and get out of there. Yeah, you're 58 points in six. And Cole Thompson, Wageman's on 65. So, yeah, seven points. It's definitely not out of reach. And... Marvel's yeah. going to be another full-size track. Um, and we did well there last year, obviously. Yeah. So It'll suit you, I program, think. Forward, so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Melbourne. It's obviously going to have a – it's going to be nearly a polar opposite in the sense that we're going to go from having absolute no grip to full traction. So hopefully – and again, I wouldn't have said this 12 months ago, but hopefully there's a big set of whoops again, um, some big nasty lanes and a nice long start straight, man. And uh, look, it's a recipe for, a, for another good weekend for myself, so – for sure, man. Well, hey, um, before we let you go, obviously you were 
uh, an addition to the team this year. Um, nothing's official yet. Can you talk about 24, what your plans are, or is it still all in the works? Uh, honestly, for 2024 at the minute, uh, I have nothing at the moment. I've just got, as far as I'm concerned, I have two more races left with Yamalu Yamaha Racing, and I'm going to put all my focus into that. Mike Ward and Nash here are the exact same thought where we're not going down to the Fat Lady Sing. So we got two more races to be able to do it, and I'm excited to do that. That's it, man. Well, hey, um, KJ, it was great to see you on the podium. Um, you know, I had a brief chat with your mum and dad at the airport on Sunday Sunday morning, and, you know, it's it's just rad, man. You guys have been around a long time, and you do it for the right reasons, and just really cool to see that hard work pay off, man. So congratulations. Hopefully you get a bit of bonus money out of it and a bit of prize money, and and uh, it makes the year a little more, you know, a little more worth it, man. So congratulations, and uh, we'll see you in Melbourne in a couple of weeks, eh? Hey? Yes, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. And yeah, as I said, the, the response from absolutely everybody down there was phenomenal. So yeah, it, it's good to see that everybody's kind of tagged along on this journey with me. And as much as it was, it was a win for me. It was a win for everyone as well. Like it was such a great, such a great atmosphere after for everybody for all the messages, the calls, and and everyone that reached out to me. I can't thank them all enough. So thank you guys for this, and I will see everyone at Melbourne. All right, mate. You have a good one. Congrats, dude. See, you, mate. Thank you. That is my new phone. Don't drop that. All right. Um, Caleb Bob here on the Inside Dirt Show and uh, Newcastle Supercross Review. And, um, man, that's cool. Cool story. Yeah, I'm pumped for him. I know it's like he's a little bit younger than me, but, um, yeah, seen him sort of the whole way through and a fairly similar program or fairly similar story, I guess I should say, like for myself. So it's cool to see that Yamaha, the Yamaha Lube team, like Jace Cosford and Caleb Barham. It's a good feel both good. Both privateer guys that, yeah. like, that – grinded they didn't they weren't privateer for a year they grinded for a long time and then they got their opportunity and they've both done good with it mm-hmm. um still waiting for jace to to really pull it out and he's 100 percent got it in him i'm a i'm a big chase jace cosford believer so i um, am too man that i've been yeah. a, i'm a fan of that kid since he whole shot uh both of the mx nationals mx three class motos back at Raymond Terrace. Raymond Terrace on the 252 stroke and was just swinging. So, so a um, a cool little story there. Um, so I'd, I'd been around Jace. He grew up not too far from me. I didn't know him until, you know, he started racing pro. And uh, I was I saw him there and he was there by himself. He was like, didn't have anyone on the gate. So At that I, race. I, I prepped that. I was lined up in the holding pen before that race. And I saw him by himself. So I sat my bike over to the side and I ran out and I prepped his gate for him in between because he had no one there in between sight lap. So I prepped his gates. Well, so he was stuff. actually at a, at a pro national by himself. <laughs> yeah. So he, his parents um, cruised in to town. They had something to do or whatever. So he's there by himself. And he's like, <laughs> I don't know how old he was at that stage. Like probably 17. Because he's got like his own business and stuff, right? He does yeah, like yeah. Um, flooring. Yeah. He does like concrete stuff. Yeah. Like concrete yeah. I don't know exactly. But yeah, he's um, he's a hard worker. Always has been. You just got to see the kid with his shirt off to, to know yeah, that. Yeah, no, so. he's, he's jacked. <laughs> I, I like it. I got a lot of time for the kid. But no, you're right. It's a really feel good team. Um and it's good to see Cal on the podium, man. Like, he he almost... I thought Anstey wasn't going to get him or Nato in that first final. I don't know if you were watching it. Um, and then all of a sudden, Anstey just found another gear with three laps to go. Yeah. Which was really, again, just... He, he got that bit of clean air, and then he's like, okay, right, go, yeah, go figured the sort of thing. Because yeah. on the mic, I was like, start. oh, he's, he's not catching. Him. Like, Nato's going to get this one done and get behind the Australian. And then it was like, yonk. They just... Anstey was on him in a lap and a half. Yeah. I was like, okay. It, it was impressive to watch. Like, to make up that much time on that track was was pretty good. But like I said, those boys rode awesome as well. Like, they were really impressed me. And, 
yeah, KJ through those whoops. I just I know how gnarly they were. So I'll probably carry on about it all night. But it's no, um, yeah, no. I was just like that is cool with those short legs because I'm I'm not a real big guy either. And I and he's smaller than you, man. Yeah, I yeah. come around the um, sight lap and I was like, I'm out. Nope. <laughs> I, I jumped the triple, slammed on the brakes inside line. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. And were you just and doubling? I was making passes. Yeah. Really? Because people would go outside like they're telling themselves they're going to commit and then hit the brakes. Yeah, okay. So I just made the decision sight lap. I was like, I'm out. Nah, yeah. Those things are way out of my league. <laughs> yeah, well, look, it was probably the smart play. Um, you survived three 10 lap mains. We had one big get off, but um, hey, that was in the heat. I was at the heat race. My bad. Yeah, they, those whoops cla- claiming riders left and right, man. It was gnarly. Um, I mean, yeah, Jake Cannon. I, I hear he's somewhat on the mend now. Yeah, I feel. I think all recovery, but yeah, yeah. it's going to be pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say too much on here because nothing. I don't know too much. I don't either, but yeah, I know. You hear anyway. Needless to say, it was a big crash. Um, but yeah, the the track got gnarly, man. And I think um, the talk about the we're gonna call Dylan Wheels in a minute. Um, but I want to talk to you about. It seemed like first practice, the track was all time like grippy. Yeah. Or am I mistaken? You're mistaken. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was slick. Man. Okay, it was slick. It yeah. was slick from the start, but like the uh, turns looked it, good in practice. There was grooves yeah. and ruts. Like the, everyone was carrying a lot of corner speed. And you know when you see guys like yourself and the privateers in first practice starting to triple stuff in the rhythms, that the dirt is at least giving them confidence to try stuff. Yeah, it did progressively get worse. I'll give you that. Yeah, for sure. so that's it's, what I was going to say. Like sections were slippery, but yeah, like you're saying, those berms, like the bowl turns and stuff, they did have a lot of traction in practice. So what was the trade of of because you know at the end of the afternoon, I was on the start straight commentating, and I just took a walk to where the turn after the whoops went to the first turn. Yeah. And it was like summer nets. Like there was so much rubber on that start straight. Yeah. Where everyone was just bah, 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 like lighten it up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, they'll they'll loosen it up for the night and the moisture will come up and it'll be fine. But it just didn't do that. It yeah. just got progressively more slippery. So uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened there. Um, and again, I don't want to, I'm not talking down on anyone or whatever, but I assumed that in that break they would water it and then they'd get the bobcats out and, and well, redo it. I but think they did, they, man. I don't think so. No? Because I was looking at it and I was like, they haven't they haven't touched this. I went down to line up for the heat and I think we were pretty early on after the um, after the. Well, break. yeah, they had the two SX, what, two heats, then you guys. Yeah, yeah, and like obviously Supercross, it all happens pretty quick, so you've got to be down there for it. So I was down there for the first one and looking at the track and I'm like, they haven't touched that. So And the whoops didn't get touched all night. Um, and I assumed like... Because obviously when your machine goes around, it sort of turns the dirt over, like you're saying. and then Well, that's what I saw. They were kind of like, you know, the posi tracks. And they yeah. were kind of going back and forth, snaking the posi tracks, trying to like break up the... Oh, they did do that. They did, did do that. that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So they put water on it and they did that. So that's why I was really surprised that it didn't like yeah. translate to... So there you go. Visually, I, I did not think they touched it. Yeah, like, okay. So it, they tried, obviously, but it just, that dirt wasn't given up. No, it wasn't. That, that was... And then... I, th- I think, I mean, obviously we live up here in Queensland. I'm not quite as acclimatized as, you know, you're like a born and bred Queenslander. I'm a white boy. It's hot. <laughs> but, man, it was really hot during the day on Saturday, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. And, like, that obviously didn't help the track. Just baked it out really quickly. And there is an extent. It's like, what if they did then go and break the track up, 
it could have maybe turned a rock. So they're sort of. I, I think they were fighting a losing battle. Like yeah. the, the weather, and imagine if we didn't get that rain. Like the track was wet when I arrived on Friday. It like really wet. Like they were leaving drainage ditches in between the rhythms, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's going to be a mudder." <laughs> Lol. Yeah, <laughs> it was not a mudder, but um, yeah, it was interesting. I guess even you know the turn before the finish you had that little double and the finish jump and the, neither of those jumps were the finish jump wasn't big all the 85s were doing it but just watching you guys having to r- r- like really yes. watch that rear wheel like i was watching you seat bounce it you'd have one foot your inside foot off yeah squeezing in front of the peg and then you'd almost do like the counter kick like it's hard to yeah, explain yeah. as like a coach or a rider but you know what I'm talking about, do, where yeah. you, the, the, you'll purposefully like slide the rear wheel to control the slide yes. and then kind of like kick the frame and yep. bring it back under you. Like I was watching you and a bunch of guys do that um, because it was so slippery. Yeah, it was one of those tracks that you had to be pretty smart with, to be honest, because you'd get excited and you'd try to cut down underneath someone and get hard <laughs> on the gas yeah. and you'd just go 90 degrees. Mm. So that particular jump before the finish there, um, I was talking to someone because I've been working, obviously, Supercross is new to me. And it's a bit of an opposite thing, but you sort of drop your knees forward on the face to push the bike forward. And I come up and did that, um, like started to get a bit of a flow and I was feeling, I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's put in a lap here. And I dropped my knees forward and just lit up and I cased that tiny little double, like 450. I full come up short and I just, I was like, wow. And as soon as I dropped those knees forward, took that weight off the rear, it just lit up. Dude, you know who's really good at doing that is Matt Moss. Yes. Like he yeah. pushes through rhythms. Like if you look at photos of him, his knees are almost in front of the shrouds. Yeah. I've been studying his yeah. Instagram. He carries so yeah. much speed through rhythm sections. And and you're right. Like if I put my coaching hat on, it's the complete opposite of motocross. Motocross, yes. you scrub off the back. Your feet are behind the pegs. Um, and you you really ride more off the back of the bike. Like even if your torso and chest are forward, you you control it through the yeah. – the, 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 the posterior part of your body, right? But we, yeah, with Supercross, it's, I've never really put this into words until now, but you're right. Like you, you actually try to unload in a completely different way with the suspension. Yeah. Um, it's not a scrub. It's like a, you're trying to blow the stroke so it doesn't pop you up. 100%. It's, um, and you're right. Yeah. That is why, you know, when you're trying to have intensity out of that turn and push through those jumps, but then that unweights the rear, pushes the sag up. Yeah. And then you're getting a completely different pop because you're spinning up the face. And that's where I think that track on the weekend was very much a thinking rider's track. Mm. Um, because if you did let your brain fade like I did there, and it's like, you're like, okay, even through a rhythm, you get the three and then you go, okay, I'll push through it. You've got to account for how slippery it was going to be. Mm. So my crash, just to bring it back to myself there in that heat, I went, I was going two, three in that rhythm after the finish. And I went two and I went a tiny bit long. I was like, oh, it'll be fine. I'll just compress into it. And then I'll get that extra drive. And I just didn't get the drive. Um, and it's like 100% my fault because I just needed to think. I needed to look at the ground and go, yeah, it's not going to drive off this. Yeah, there's going to be yeah no pop. It's just going to spin. And yeah. I don't think, if you've never ridden Supercross before, I guess there's there's no real relation to, to how much a spinning wheel on a jump face with supercross suspension does not lift you off the ground like and you yeah. look at all these crashes and go how did that happen it's because they were lit up yeah and there's no pop um it's it's scary like the amount of panic revs i heard on saturday night where people would just be doing their lap after lap after lap and then and for no reason they're just completely 90 yeah 
because they just hit that spot and lit it up. Um, talk about the holes after the start gates, man. They were pretty gnarly because everyone was accelerating across them. Yeah. I think they probably didn't anticipate everyone pushing off to the right of that wall jump so much. But yeah. like they were brushing. Like, when you guys were on the line, they were pretty much riding right in front of you, hey? Yeah. Like the, the other class, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was so close. And that, those holes did get big. So I, I made a pass there in my heat race. So I, I went berm before the wall and I launched the wall out to like mid straight. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'll do that again in the main. And I landed in those holes and feet oh. and hands and everything blew off. And then it was must have been the first one because uh, Luke Reardon was there as my mechanic. And he's like, yeah, don't don't, don't jump that. Do, that. Do, do not do He said those holes are massive because I didn't actually walk down and look at them. But he said, yeah, they're big. They were deep, man. Like yeah. they were probably a foot. Maybe deep. Yeah. Um, all right, let's call Dylan Wills. We're running a little late here. Um, yes, I know, 8.30. Melbourne time. Having to account for daylight savings living up here. Yeah, that, that'll get you every time. Every time. Right, where's Wills here? Dylan. <laughs> Darnell, Vic time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's call Dylan Wheels here on the uh, Inside Dirt Show, Newcastle Review. Yo. Willsy, how we doing, bud? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for taking the time out. I'm here with uh, Joel Evans. He's in the house and uh, just a couple of Queenslanders doing our thing, you know. But, um, Willsy. You're a fake Queenslander. I am. I'm a... I'm a um, I guess when I was on the Gold Coast, I was a plastic like Queenslander because I'd fit in like that. But the sweat pouring off his head shows that. It Dude, it's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. Willsey, um, congratulations on coming back from injury, mate. Um, so much talk about you know good ride. Um, your bike was in a Hot Wheels box in the pits. Like there's so much to 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 break down. But um, I guess the home state race, at least somewhat the hometown race, um, everything kind of aligned for a big return. Yeah, for sure. No, it was, um, it was, I said, um, you know, in the lead up that I would have loved to have been in Adelaide for the gate drops, but, um, like really it was, it was a perfect way to, you know, get back into the the racing scene and do it in front of, you know, friends and family. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but I've got some local fans around there because I spent a lot of years racing local races and stuff around there. So, um, you know, being the being the local pro and um, getting to know the kids and all that kind of stuff. It was um, yeah, it was just a cool event to kind of get my feet wet again. It was a, it was an awesome one. Now, obviously, um, you took Primex off. You you became a journalist. You were working with uh, Moto Online and Foremost Media. Um, was Supercross always on the cards, or were you done? I, I, we never really talked about it. But what was the was it always the intention to do Supercross? Um, there was always the option. I wouldn't say the um like I when I first stopped I would say like the option was always there but I, I don't know how keen I was to do it um for sure like I had a really good really good season um like last year like in, in my rookie season on the 450 but still was kind of just a little bit done with it and then uh as the year went on you know started to started to miss it a little bit but to be fair I don't I don't really miss racing motocross that's that's my that's me being honest but Supercross is something that I've always loved and, um, you know, the the option was always there to do it. Um, obviously with Alex and 
foremost media, but the option was always there with Husky too. They left some budget aside for me if I wanted to come back. So I was super appreciative of that. And, um, yeah, pretty much just gave them the word that I was keen and, um, and they had it there ready for me to do it. So it was, um, yeah, it was a pretty cool situation. Yeah, for sure. That was going to be my question, actually. Has this sort of sparked an interest to go back to motocross? But you've answered that question. So um, <laughs> I, I get yeah. it, though, man. Like, Supercross, if you're good at it like you are, and, and it, I wouldn't say it comes – maybe it does come naturally to you. You have the ability to jump really well, and you have great timing and good style. Like, not everyone has that. Um, and, man, you know, looking at the results here, like – Obviously, the field's depleted. There's a lot of injuries, but to be fourth overall, triple crown, you know, 30 laps of main events after not racing professionally all year and then having collarbone surgery, like, that's a pretty impressive achievement. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. But, yeah, like, um, I was kind of in the – like, now that I look back, in hindsight, um, I'm, a, I'm actually a little bit disappointed in myself because I left a lot on the table. I was being, I was riding very reserved, and obviously it's easy to say that now that the weekend's over. But I really was like, um, Cloudy passed me in that first main, and uh, he started jumping the whoops, and I made a move back, and then he like closed the door on me, and I, I kind of just let it go. I was like, that ah, I'm not going to fight back. He's in the championship, whatever. Like I very, not very easily could have gone back past him, but I could have fought for that position. And then you know, there's two more points. And then, you know, if I don't if I don't make that little mistake in the second one, like I'm I'm very easily on the podium. So while the fourth place was cool and and it was a super cool way to come back, at, at the same time I'm like, holy shit, how cool would it have been to be on the box? Like in my first race back, that would have been awesome. But you were only um, five points oh, out of the podium, so yeah. It's- yeah. So like really, like if I if I you know try and force a move on one of my best mates and I get the spot, there's there's two, then he gets two less. You know what I mean? Like, as in hindsight, there's a lot of different ways it could have gone. But um, at the same time, you mean, I mean, Cloudy also had that mistake in the last one, and Brayton and Webster. So there's a lot of ifs or buts. But um, at the same time, I just kind of wish I wasn't riding so reserved. But I was just trying to get through, man. It is easy to fall in that mindset, though. Like missing round one. Um, like uh, I'm in a lot different position. I'm definitely not a super coach rider, but. Uh, I sort of come in in that first main. I was like just happy. I made the main. I was rolling around. I just forgot to race, and then um, yeah, and then it's like the same thing. Like on a different level with you, it's like cloudy past you, and it's like you're. If it was a practice track, you probably would have went after him and like you know just like had a good crack at it. But it's so easy to fall into that mindset and just go, well, I'm not in it. And then you get to main three, and you're like, well, oh, shit, I I was in it. I did line up the same gate as everyone else. So I can yeah. definitely see sort of what you're saying there. And anytime I like did see you for those split seconds, it's like you look like you had that comfortability. So, um, oh, mate, you've got you got Melbourne coming up. So we got another shot at it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It was um, like, yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head there for sure. It was just um, get so easy to get that whole, you know, feeling of circulating. And um, I think I was just I, – I knew that I could do the laps coming in. Uh, in a practice situation, but in a race setting, I wasn't sure how that was going to play out. Once you had the nerves and the adrenaline and things like that, I just wasn't sure what I was in for. I just wasn't sure how I was going to adapt to a race situation when, you know, like since the final round last year, all I've done is Wagger Arena Cross last last weekend. And, you know, I was racing against like club club level guys. So that I wasn't really racing against anyone. It wasn't a great, it wasn't a great, um, you know, kind of way to get a gate drop before 
stepping up and racing against guys like Dean Wilson and Justin Brayton. So I really was just riding reserved and um, trying to get through it. But man, to be honest with you, I was going into the weekend and I was like, just don't, I just didn't want to embarrass myself. I was like, I didn't, had been off the gate for a long time. Um, I was pretty nervous with it, but. Well, you definitely um, didn't do that. That's for sure. Well, I just, I mean, to be honest with you, that's what I was about to say. I put it down to the, to my setting on race day. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not talking about suspension settings. I'm talking about fucking the people that I have around me. Like, it's just, it was just such a different dynamic to what I'm used to riding for teams and, um, you know, just having that feeling of like, you have to get results and you've got to be here and you've got to be there at this time. Like we just did our thing and we had fun. I, I, and I, I didn't find myself once visualizing or running scenarios in my head. And that's always something that I've done in the past. And I think it wears me out. I think, uh, it makes me nervous. And I, I just didn't have that situation. We were just having a good time from the get-go, as soon as I got there Thursday, Arvo, like I just had the sickest weekend. And, and I think, you know, that I can put it down to that, man. It sounds ridiculous, but honestly, I, I can't see any other reason for why I could go that good after a year off, you know? Talk about that, man. You had, um, obviously, you get, uh, you know, factory support from Husqvarna Australia, um, but you had uh, a very unique partnership. Uh, I can't remember the name of the brand that's sponsoring your team, but they're a creative house. I checked out their Instagram. Really cool. Um, like I said, you, you had a bike and a Hot Wheels box in the pits, like a life-size. It was probably a spare bike in, in a Hot yep. Wheels box, and that was super cool. So talk about the people. You know, you've always been creative in that sense, and obviously you've been working as a journalist this year and taking imagery and, and writing content and – doing your thing. Um, how did that come about? Who are they? Why was there a bike in a Hot Wheels box in the pits? Like, what was going on? <laughs> um, so basically, um, one of my best mates, his name's Connor Fraser, he works uh, at KDM. Um, and so he kind of came up with the idea of, you know, like doing Supercross with me. But, but like I said earlier, the budget was there to do it, but he wanted to help. And um, yeah, he started throwing around ideas of, you know, personal sponsors and doing different things. And uh, he used to he used to be in the signage game back in the day and he, he just knew these guys from Boom, um, from working alongside them, you know, 10 plus years ago, I think. So um, we flew down there. I'm going to say it was right before I went to Italy. So I'm going to say it was like the end of July we flew down there and we met them and they were just keen as they love moto. They wanted to get into this space for a while and wanted to do some different stuff. We kind of ran them through, you know, how the scene is and it's all trucks and teams and um, very corporate and we just wanted to break that mold a little bit and do something different. So um, although you said I'm creative with things, I can't take credit for any of it. Um, I feel like in terms of a moto guy, yeah, I'm a little bit creative, but these guys are like next level. I didn't, I can't take credit for any of that. They, um, we just gave them the reins and let them do what they wanted to do and um, it just came out so good, man. Like, the reception was just was so cool. Like even now, still getting messages and um, like I've had a I've got a mate that's high up at Yamaha and he's hit me up and gotten their details and wants to do something with Yamaha for one of those boxes. You know what I mean? So like it's just been it's just been really cool because it's the moto industry is one of those things they were even going to love it or they were going to hate it, um, and they loved it. So it was, it was super cool. Yeah, it went down really well, man. I mean, like you said, I think Supercross is the place to to launch a concept like that because you've got the pit party and it's clean and it's concrete and everyone's there for the spectacle, right? Like, you know, obviously if you've got a Hot Wheels box at one thaggy, 
you know, it Primex is probably not going to have the same impact, but man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was cool. Like the branding was cool. You had the pink, you know, the boom pink helmet, custom painted, I think I saw um, the new Fox V3. Like it all just looked really cool. Um, so yeah, man, no, that was, that was cool. And, and it suited, like you said, obviously that translated to how you felt on the day. Like you had your crew, your people doing something a little outside of the box. Like it just felt very organic, should I say. Yeah, for sure. And it was just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to put into words. Cause it was like, uh, it was like a dream scenario. It was just good people in your corner and, you know, making a, making a, you know, I did the quotation marks, but making a comeback to the sport that like, I really do love it. And, um, just had good people in my corner. Like honestly, it couldn't have gone any better. It was just a super fun weekend. And, um, and I didn't ride anywhere near as bad as I thought I was going to. So that was a plus and, um, you know, put some results on the board. And, the, and even now, like leaving there seventh in the championship now, I'm like, got fifth insights, you know what I mean? And missed the first round. So it's cool. Like I've got that competitive fire back and, um, really want to go good. And yeah, it's just, it's cool getting back into the swing of things during the week and, you know, having, having, a, having something to chase for. So by the sounds of that, like if you had the option, obviously waters isn't racing and that factory team was there. Um, if that bike's there is say 25 or 24, do you still choose to do your own thing? Cause like, it sounds like you just, you had a ball and you performed because of it. For, you mean for supercross? Yeah. For supercross, not motocross. Just like if say Toddy yeah. decides he doesn't want to do supercross and Husky wants to put something together. Is it, is it enough for you and like the, the atmosphere and like everything you've just explained, is that enough to, to turn down that? I don't know. It's hard, man. I really haven't even thought about it to be honest with you. Um, Obviously, money always talks, but I really, I really did enjoy doing it the way that I did it. Um, you know, like if there was, if there was no real money incentive to go to a team, no, I'd probably prefer to do it with these guys that just want to go there and have a good time. You know, like it's just the the, the way the weekend went was just like it, it excited me. I felt like I felt like I was a sixteen year old kid again with my whole career ahead of me, but. I'm about to turn 28, and it's like I know people always laugh at me when I say you're when I say I'm getting old, but it's you like 28 is in moto is you know you're getting you're getting towards those years, and I just had that fire back. So to answer your question, man, I, I really I really did enjoy doing it the way I was doing it. So I would probably choose this way. I think at 28, man, like to to give you some context, like I'm 36, far out, had to count there, but I feel that um, for you, Willsey, like. You can see, you know, Brayton's probably, this is the first year I've seen Brayton and, and probably this is not going to sound great, but he looks older now on the bike. Yeah. Like he doesn't have the intensity that he used to have. Um, yeah. And that's fine. He's 42, 43 years old, right? Like we saw it happen to Chad. We've seen it happen to anyone that's gone into their 40s. Very rare. You go into your 40s. But yeah. Oh, for sure. You're 28, right? But what I'm saying is for me, you know, I, my base from riding for years, it hasn't really changed. Like I can get on a bike now, give me a few laps. I'll go the same speed that I always could for me to find any time. I have to put months in to find any time, but yeah. it's not about me, but I'm using it as a comparison for you with Australian supercross. I feel like you're in a really positive position because as much as you say you're 28, you're not that old. You're actually quite young and you, I think as the series grows again, you have the ability to grow with it. You know, I know Reardon went into his 30s being a Supercross-only guy. Like, there's definitely room for you career-wise here. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the way it is now, like obviously, like you said, people are going deeper into their careers than than in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to, I would love to keep going with the Supercross thing. But um, you know, let's let's get through Melbourne. I got some pretty exciting stuff for Melbourne coming up. So um, want to get through that and try and get some runs on the board. And you know, who knows what can happen from there? We'll just knuckle down and try and get some work in and see how it goes. All right, one last question, Wilsey. Um, obviously, you had collarbone surgery, I think, one week or two weeks before uh, Adelaide's. So that would mean it was probably six weeks to the gate drop of surgery. Um, how do you feel, man? Because you looked, to me, not 100% strength. Like, I've watched you ride for enough years to know when you're probably favoring something. But how was yep. it? Um, yeah, it was definitely on the sore side. So I had surgery on the Thursday before Adelaide. So it was only two days before Adelaide. So I had um, I had three weeks off the bike. Uh, so I think that gave me like, I think it gave me like, a, I got on just under three weeks. So I had like a week and a half on the bike before Newcastle. Um, and it, yeah, no, it wasn't great. It was, um, it was a little bit sore, but it was manageable. Uh, you know, collarbones are one of those injuries that you can kind of, you know, put up with it a little bit and get through. But, um, yeah, no, it, it wasn't great. It was it was definitely, um, I could feel it, um, especially on that triple. The triple down ramp seemed to be a little bit flat at Newcastle. So, like, with a bit of a harsher transition there, I could feel it on the landing. But other than that, like, it was it was okay. Realistically, the rest of the track, I didn't have any drama with it. Um, but, man, I'm just trying to put it in the in the rearview mirror and, and move on now because it's, I mean, collarbone, like, that's, that's the ninth time I've broken my collarbone, and it's the third time I've had surgery. So I'm, yeah, <laughs> I can't. I just got to move on from it. I'm sick of them. Yeah, for real. That's uh, that's a lot of surgeries, and it's the same one every time. No, I've done I've done five and four. Yeah, right one five times, left one four times. So at this point, when you break it, you're just like, yeah, it's broke again. Like you don't even. Yeah, literally, do. When I broke it, that's exactly how it was. I was like, I broke my collarbone. They're like, are you sure? And I'm like. Yep. Yeah, trust me. I Definitely. Know. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, literally. Well, um, yeah, Willsie, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for taking the time out. And um, congratulations again on the comeback. And, uh, and yeah, man, a, a great start to the abbreviated season, fourth overall. Um, it's, uh, it's really impressive, man. So I know everyone was stoked to see you back. And it's cool to see you doing your thing. So uh, rest up. Um, hopefully you can get some riding in between now and Melbourne. And uh, we'll catch you down there and. About a week and a half, I guess it is now. Easy, mate. Thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, like you said, we'll see you see you next weekend down in Melbourne. All right, sweet, bud. Thank you. You did. Thanks, mate. All right, guys. Dylan Wills there on uh, the Inside Dirt Show, Newcastle Review. And, Joel, um, yeah, it's interesting. Probably the the upper echelon of privateer. I don't know if you could call it that. Like, not, not your level of privateer, but still doing his own program. Yeah. Yeah, I guess obviously they didn't class him as a privateer to um to give Joel Whiteman the the MX Store privateer award. Yeah, I guess so it must comes have been under a, a grey area there. I think it was manufacturer support. I think. Yeah. Okay. I yep. think it's if you buy your own bikes. Yes. Right. Fair. Right. But then on a technicality, that probably doesn't work either. A lot of privateers that don't buy their bikes. Yeah, I think it, it's one that you'll never win. Yeah, it, it's, it's just it is what it is. It is such a grey area, isn't it? And I think Willsey's probably been on it enough to where he's probably wasn't real upset. He probably knows he's got pretty good support and whatnot. And I think, just, I think he would have cool took to a thousand bucks though at the same time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
All right, let's run through um, the top tens real quick, and then we'll get to Darnell, um, and that'll be the show. Dean Wilson, perfect night. I mean, there's not much more, but can be said. He, Not many people can make Justin Brayton look slow in the whoops, and he did that. Yeah, for me too, like I watched it back, and it was the turn before. Yeah, Brayton looked a little bit like he'd get a bit antsy. I'd say maybe he gets a bit more aggressive on the throttle before the whoops. And he, with the track it was, he'd slide a little mm. bit and then sort of have to correct. Whereas Dino had that more carried the momentum in, and actually made a big difference. It did and I feel like I've known Brayton long enough now, commentating all the years and seeing the look on his face and even how he responds to my interviews. When he's feeling his bike and the track and his body, like he has a way of responding. And then when he's injured or he's hiding something or if he's not feeling it, he has a look on his face. Okay. And every time I put a mic in his face, <laughs> he would have been stoked. But every time I put a mic in his face on the weekend, he did not look uh, happy. He did not look confident. I know Michaela told me that it might have been you interviewed him and he, I think he gave a one-word answer. On, yeah, on yeah. I times. went back for more and he was like, yep. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> moving on. on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as commentator, you have to have thick skin, right? Like you oh, just have sure. to put a mic in people's faces as part of the job. But yeah, he just pretty much said after the first moto, he was like racked up, ready to go. And I was, you know, talk about the race. He's like, yep, the lap has decided that one. And and I said something about what's it going to take to get the win in this one. And he's like, got to got to get the whole shot. That's what all this comes down to. Yep. But then I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just kind of scuttled away, but um, yeah, man, Dino's on it, and I think for years he's been injured. He hasn't been in shape. It's been a yep. you know hasn't been able to train, hasn't been able to recover. His knees have been wrecked. He looks trim. He looks fit. You know, uh, he's he's having fun too, though, man. Like as in, he was at the after party. Yeah, you know, I, I went out just for one drink because I went back to my head to. I never got after parties. I've been to after party like ten years. Yeah. But I went back to my room and I was like wide awake and it was midnight because I've been wired all day running around and I was like, well, I'm not going to go to sleep right now. The after party was like one street over. So I'm like, I'll, I'll just go for one drink and chill. And he wasn't drunk or anything. He was just there hanging out. But, you know, he's having fun. He's that yeah. character. Seems like Australia is allowing him to sort of flourish and be himself. You yeah. know, it's cool. It's really cool. Um, it does seem like it, not even just Australia. Obviously, his wins here it's hard to compare because he's Dean Wilson. He's probably expected to win here, but even the World Supercross stuff, he looks legit. Like he, um, well, I can't remember round one. I think he was he was sort of pushing rocks in a bit, like more than people expected. He was. Is he doing AMA next year? I think the plan is to. Because um, I think he might surprise some people, man. Honestly, yeah. Watching I, him right here, I heard a. Um, post-race interview and he said i i should be doing it but it seemed a little bit weird like i mean i guess nothing signed if that's the case yeah. but um yeah let's not get too into detail but van wilson he's the championship done as, as far as mathematically i think he's long gone at this point josh hill solid night really consistent he was just a legend do you, do you talk to him much i've never spoken to him no he's like a really Really solid dude. So down to earth. Like, he always surprises me. Yeah. Because um, he's got... I guess he's sort of, like, looking at him from afar. Like, throughout his career, he sort of seems like that cool guy. Um, but then uh, that's probably why he's surprised he's got that bit of a... Like, it seems like he would be that guy. Like, he's too cool, but then he's super accommodating from what I've heard other people say. Yeah, he's... um, I think it's like Australia's his adopted kind of 
you know, second home. Like we were chatting and he was talking about he's going to come up here for a couple of weeks and I think he's riding with Ford's crew or something. Yeah, sweet. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I live up there now. We were just chatting. And he's like, oh, yeah, I used to live in Melbourne. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I used to train Sam Martin. And I'm like, yeah. Like he came to my gym like 12 years ago. H&H days. Yeah, H&H days. And I couldn't believe he remembered that. Like you think about all the places and people he'd been and seen. Yeah. Um, like he stayed at my house for a couple of nights in Melbourne once, but I wasn't there. He was just hanging out with the group I lived with. But anyway, long story short, he was a solid dude. Um, solid night. It, it was good to see Cloudy on the podium third overall. Um, he needed that. Yeah. Big time. He, uh, I can't remember what happened that last main because I, I know he was screaming at me for about two laps behind. Like he obviously was <laughs> coming from, from a bit far back. Oh, he went down uh, in the first turn. Yeah. I think. No, he got oh, caught he up went in that straight in the first turn. That's what it was. Because Brayton shoulder charged him and went yes. down. They came together. Yeah, because I had a really good start actually last main, but I was coming from the far gate, and then these two guys just went straight. Yeah, like, yeah. He said he, Brayton hit him, and he was on the brakes because it was so shiny. He accelerated like on the brakes. Yeah. Um, Willsey fourth. We talked about that. Brayton. I mean, man, he hit the ground hard in that first turn, in the last one, fifth overall. But his championship's done. Joel Whiteman. Uh, so his privateer is now Whiteman six, Robbie Marshall seven, Zielinski eight, Corey Watts. Corey Watts ninth. Yeah. Wow. Good ride for Corey. Yeah. Good, good ride for Corey. That's awesome. And Joel Evans ten. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Whiteman. I mean, everyone knows Whiteman can ride Supercross. Very talented. Very quiet. Unassuming. He's ridden AMA Supercross. So six overall for him. I can't remember his moto scores at this point, but solid. Robbie Marshall, dude, he led that last main. Did you see it? Well, you, did you see the, it? I watched the program. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Um, His starts are on point. Yeah, man, the yeah, guy can that, ride. He's got so much experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and again, he's, he's been riding like this year. He's put in a fair bit of effort too. He's doing the sunny states. We did the did vets in the sunny states, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can see too his experience. Like when the track gets gnarly, he's done that many gate drops over the years. It, it always comes to to you know comes back. Yeah, he's just a good rider. And just tell, like, watching him. Luke Zielinski, um, you know, Luke had a really good year in outdoors, and, and he's having a really good year in motocross, uh, sorry, in supercross, too. So that's yeah, cool to see. Sure. Um, what's he, man? Far out. Corey Watts, ninth. He's a legend. That's impressive. Yeah, a, good for really him. Cool. He lives up here now, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah in Brizzy. Where's he riding supercross up here? Um, Knowing Watts, he probably isn't. <laughs> yeah, probably. Not. I did speak to him about where he's going to ride, and uh, I don't think he knew. He, he was saying actually he was going to go to Barham's a bit. So he's probably had a chance to go ride some pretty good tracks. And, um, yeah, I think Mossy has a track in Brizzy somewhere. He might have got on that. I'm, I'm not too sure. All right, SX2. Um, obviously, Anstey Crawford Barham. Cole Thompson, four. Reed Taylor, five. That just goes to show the Triple Crown format because Thompson had some really good motos and then ended up fourth. Reed had some average motos but must have been consistent. Yeah. Uh, that's a good ride for him, man, fifth overall. He looks like he rides it pretty well. He rides it was really yeah. good, dude. Uh, Robbie Wageman, I think he had an inconsistent night, but had a lot of speed. He was six. Kingsford, seven. Wilson, Todd, eight. Shocker for Wilson. I, I, I don't know what happened. I think he had a big one. He had a big one. Stage. I think yeah. he had a big one before the finish jump. Okay. It was either that rhythm or before the, like that double you said you spun up on. Yep. Reese Bard, nine. Man, I feel like um, Bard's got so much speed, but it's just not showing right now i think yeah. he's putting too much pressure on himself or i don't know like he's a he's an intense dude isn't he and i just want to see it happen for him but he's 
is just it's not quite happening right now, is it? There's that fine line. It's like, yeah, I guess like you said that it, you want it, but then you've got to almost back it down a tad at times. And yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't watch it close enough to really know and to comment on too much, but. Yeah, he is a good dude. I really like Reese. I've just recently started talking to him, seeing at the tracks and stuff lately, and he's a really good guy. So it would be cool to see, see him get. Wonder some where goals. he's going to land next year now with the Circo deal. Is there? Yeah, I know, but you know. I, I no, we can't say. Can't but say, there yeah. is something in the works. Yeah. Okay, that's he, good. He's locked in anyway. So like, he, oh, awesome. He'll, he'll he'll be on a good team, which is um which is awesome for him. Yeah, that's a relief because I was worried when you see those rides going away. Yeah, you go, oh, you know. Uh, Jace Cosford ten again. We've talked about Cosford potential, just didn't quite happen. But um, yeah, hit a big one, I think, in main one along that big rhythm as well. Then you know, SX three was gnarly. It was just heaps of guys battling. But obviously, Parker Ross, just that American experience. Um, you see it through the whoops. I feel like America and whoops. Yeah, it's like the, I don't know. I've never I haven't been to America, but they obviously just practice whoops or they're just experienced. No, well, because, he's an MTF kid, and okay. literally, I've been to MTF. I. I when I started my coaching career over here, I flew to MTF for a month and, and it was the end of 2012. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. No. End of 2011. I forget. Anyway. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to learn this program and bring it home and that's what I'm going to teach. Best yep. program in the world, right? Yeah. Back then at least. Um, anyway, day two, Colleen Millsaps. There's just a set of stadium whoops in a field nothing around them and any group is going through them you know what i mean yeah okay she's yeah. just like motocross suspension yeah. i don't care like this is how you learn how to ride properly functionally you learn to ride whoops Dude. so to answer your question yeah they ride a lot of whoops yeah yeah so that's why he's so good in them yeah americans seem gnarly with different stuff like that like um i know i spoke to ford dale a little bit just like he was around genie carmichael a bit with townley and yeah yeah they don't always necessarily go so far down the technique route, but it's like just you figure it out. Go just go fast and figure it out, and it's like just accountability again and again. And yeah, again. they're gnarly. Like, is yeah. yeah, she would just be like, you know, this is the technique, but then she'd be like, find find your balls and and just hit them because she's like a teacher of a technique in the world. But if you go in too slow, you're going to crash. And and you're like, holy cow, I'm I'm just off an airplane. It's two days in, and you've got me hitting. Yeah, yeah. You know. So did you ride it? Yeah, I rode. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so I you rode. Got the experience. Yeah, I got the full experience. Like I remember being there and um it rained one day and she's like, I always go ride supercross today. And I think I'd just come off of like it was the year I rode MX Nationals here. So, you know, I was never a top guy. Like I had many years off from racing before I raced in Australia when I moved here. But I was okay. You know, I, I could ride well. Yep. So I got put in the like A group. So I was like Jordan Smith and Andy Rodriguez. I was in their group. So I remember one day it rained and they're like, oh, we'll go to Colleen's house. Not not MTF. We'll go to Colleen's house. There's tracks there. Then we got there and the motocross track was too wet. She's like, oh, it's cool. The the Supercross track's got good drainage. Just go ride Supercross today. And I'm on like a borrowed... um. CRF four fifty with motocross suspension. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, just go just go jump in with the group and, and we're gonna do this. And I'm like what? <laughs> and yeah, I remember her cussing me out because I wouldn't jump the finish jump and I had to get a toe in and I'm like, This is scary. But anyway, yeah, they're gnarly to, yeah, to put yeah. it in short. Like yeah, yeah accountability, so, it's like she will make you do stuff she knows you can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, you can't just 
if you say no, it's like that's on you. Yeah, she's like, that's fine. Just don't go train. Don't train in my group, yeah, and then yeah. you feel bad. You're, You're like, but, but I want to be, you know, yeah. in the group. So but anyway, that's Parker Ross's weep speed. <laughs> that explains it. Um, all right, let's. Uh, Kate Kingsford, um, obviously, he rode really well, man. I thought he was going to get some payback on Parker Ross, but just didn't quite have the speed to get close enough to. He yeah. tried. He tried. I kind of wanted him to park him. Parker got parked, but it didn't happen. I don't know Parker. I'm sure he's a good kid, but as a commentator, I was like, get him back. I yeah, want to see some you drama. Want, you want the drama. Yeah. Um, and then Joel Campbell, which was cool because Birchall went down on the last lap, but Campbell got third, so that was really cool. All right, let's call Darnell because he's blowing me up. Um, we'll have a f- few minutes with Darnell, and then we'll round out the show. Yo. Yo, stop Stop harassing us on the phone, Darnell official. Well, I've got, you know, sleeping to do, man. Like, it's eight, you know, we're out ahead of you. Like, it's just it's been a big day, you know. Yeah, I guess you're still recovering from Saturday night, right? No, I do this thing called working. <laughs> You've probably never heard of it. <laughs> I was surprised when you were at the office yesterday. I thought you'd have worked from home for sure. No, no, no. I go. You know, there's work to be done, mate. You know, can't slack off at this, especially this time of year. It's uh, it's wide open. But let's uh, let's talk to Newcastle. Yeah, man. Well, we're going to round out the show with you in the next few minutes. Uh, I've got Joel Evans here um, as well, Darnell. So I'm sure he'll chirp in with some questions for you. But uh, look, man, Newcastle. Um, we've talked to Dylan Wills. We've talked to Caleb Barham, who I think you have now replaced. Um, NATO with Caleb is like the number one man friend gear guy situation? Uh, me and KJ have been told for a while and uh, yeah, it was just to see to see him get up on the podium, man, that was that was uh, really, really cool. I mean, you I know, joke, you guys are super close. Like, so it was, it was cool to see I, I talked about that reaction everybody, but you guys, you know, you hugged it out. Like, it was really cool to see everyone just be stoked for him. Yeah, the boy near on knocked me out with the peak of his visor when he sprinted at me. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was really cool to see. Um, you know, obviously helped um, Caleb out last year with his program, and uh, and earlier this year before someone finally wisened up and gave him a factory seat. So uh, you know, um, yeah, it's just really cool to see. You know, in January <laughs> we weren't even sure if Caleb was going to go racing or not. You know, it was it was getting to that point. So. To see him get up on the podium and show everyone, you know, we know how fast he is and, and what he can do, but to actually to get it done now um, and break through into into the podium, um, it's it's really awesome. You know, I'm so stoked for him, and of course, you know, NATO on the box as well. So it was good. It was a good night for <laughs> for us. It was, man. It was. Um, I guess we've talked about all everything racing, man. So it's probably not worth going over that stuff again. But maybe let's talk about the event, like. Look, no secret, you know, Adelaide was arena cross and, you know, there was a lot of the track, the size, the arena. This was a full-scale supercross, big crowd, man. You know, pit party, the fireworks. Um, it, it was, you know, even when I was like, you know, make some noise, Newcastle. What's up, Newcastle? But, like, they would respond and they were super into it. Like, it was a really cool event. Yeah, man, that's... That's what Supercross is, you know. I, I've said this a number of times on the weekend, and I've said it to you off the air, like, you know, Adelaide, it, it was what it was, you know. Uh, I just, yeah. You know, the, the crew at AMA have done a good job for, for what they had to work with in, in Adelaide. They did a great job. Um, I don't, 
yeah, I'm not going to keep going on about that for too much. But, um, we, you know, when we got to the stadium at, at Newcastle, you're like, all right, we've got a track. We've got a good track. We've got a good-sized stadium. The weather was almost probably too hot, actually. Um, if you want to, if you want to find something to, yeah, it was to definitely on the, hot, man. It was definitely hot, yeah. wasn't it? It was, it was hot. But uh, you know, when that, when the night show kicked in, and you know, the fireworks went off, and the music, and the crowd, like you know, that's that's Supercross, and that's what it needs to be. Um, so it was, it was really cool to, to have that back. You know, we've seen that at Geelong a few years ago. We've seen it at Marvel time and time again. Newcastle last year, like that, that's Supercross to me. Um, and to see that back and what an event. I mean, you had great racing and that that's the thing. I think that's what hurt Adelaide a little bit too was that the racing wasn't that great because there wasn't a lot of passing opportunities where this one we had guys getting stuffed in corners and guys died bobbing down the loops. Like that was racing, that was supercross and that's what we need and that's what we want. And, you know, if talking to a few people, maybe there was a few hiccups for the TV broadcast, but... As a whole man, like if you were at that event, you were stoked. Like I didn't see, well, speak to anyone on the weekend that wasn't having a good time between the pit party going off, you know, the freestyle in the downtime. Like, you know, they packed a lot into what was it, a three and a half hour night show. So yeah, they did. I, I had to keep the thing moving, man. It was, um, I mean, the quality of production. You know, I have when I'm commentating or emceeing the event, I've got comms in my ears between TV and the showrunner. Uh, and I, that's stuff to talk about, man. Like, you probably don't even know that, Joel. Like, no, you know, no, the, no, the no, production no. value, I have someone guiding me around the stadium, say that, not say this, say that, but it's like, okay, cue pyro, cue countdown, cue this segment, Joe, go to you, Cam, go to you. Like, there's an army of people in the, in the boxes in the stadium that it takes to run that event. Like, it is not a few officials with a flag. Like, it is a massive production. And it's awesome to see that because... There was a lot of people there, like I said, pit party. I spoke to a bunch of kids and stuff and got posters and they, they hadn't been to races before, which I was pretty surprised. Really? There was a lot of, yeah, yeah okay. non-moto people there. And this was an introduction to moto to them, which I think is unreal. Like, because Imagine that's the first intro. Like, that's that's well, how you keep them because you do. You have the fireworks, you have the intros, you have you know that cool voice that comes over and introduce Joe Stevens. That was cool. That was really cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Joe will be pumped on this. I was. Um, but yeah, so like that, to be a first intro to dirt bikes, it's like those kids are stoked. They were asking me, how do I race this? Yeah, right. And I was like, you've heard Th- a couple what of you years want. away, man. That's but what like, you want. Yeah, like this is how you do it. And their parents were asking me questions and like actually how to get into it. And I was like, this is cool. Like this is exactly what we need. And that's a cool thing too, with, you know, having – an event like that, like you said, that's how we keep get people interested in the sport that maybe haven't, you know, they've watched it on TV, but they've never been to it. And now they've got to experience, you know, the the sound and the smells. And, you know, we all love the smell of Rachel. <laughs> you know, that gets people going, you know, and having someone like yourself there, Joel, um, with your social media following and your YouTube stuff, I actually said it to you on the gate. I said, are you lost? Because we don't usually see you at Supercross. So it was, it was cool to see you there. And, you know, it was just, that's Supercross, that's racing in Australia. And, you know, there's kids that want to get into it. Well, we have CR80, uh, the CR2285 Cup now. Like, it's just, you know, there's a transition point for these guys. And they can go to SX3. Like, it's all developing how it should. And this is going to be a, like that event in itself. is just a massive step for Supercross in Australia. 
Yeah, and like for me, like I said, I'm not usually a supercross guy, but I was. It sold me even. Obviously, I love the sport, and like that's I'm in it anyway, and I'm never out of it. But um, I'm I'm coming back for sure because it, even just. So being yeah, are you going to be in Melbourne? Yeah, I'll be in Melbourne. Yeah, yep. cool. Yep. I um. Awesome. Nah, I I don't want to miss any ever again. Like it was just cool, just being <laughs> in the pits, just how relaxed everyone wanted. Everyone was like sort of having a good time, and it just even felt different to a national in that way to me. Seemed like everyone was happy. And, and like I don't know if it was just everyone was clean, but like I think it has a lot to do with it. It's not it's seven like thirty a.m. Yeah. and you're not destroy or you know you're not blowing up an engine because the track's <laughs> three foot deep of mud and that's the thing. I was pumped with like my bike. I, I washed it this morning. Yeah, right. Because it just wasn't dirty. I didn't need to. And I was like, you don't need to wash it between races. You can run the same gear all day. It's like it's dumb. Yeah, Supercross is the program. Is where it's it, at. It is cool. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I'm I still a motocross we, guy. I like to suffer, but it's like it's 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 cool. It's cool. I think back to the time. Do you remember when we were at Coolum and uh, we were standing up on the deck? And I'm like, it's the it's for the championship. Coolum, make some noise. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, like crickets. crickets, absolute crickets. Absolute crickets. And I'm like, oh yeah, we're not at Supercross. But then you know you're at Supercross, and it's like anything, make some noise, and everyone just loses it. You know, unless you're in Wagga Wagga. <laughs> yeah, that was. What's up, Wagga? Came here to say one thing, Wagga. What's up, Wagga? Silence, and that's Josh Hill. You know, if that guy can't get a crowd going, no one can. Yeah, so, no, that was a, a dud. But um, um, now nah, the show is where it's at, man. The show is where it's at for sure. One thing I want to talk about: talking about that pit party and and that whole setup. Willsey, what a setup that was with the Hot Wheels box and you know the heat press with the t-shirts and the you know. That's a guy that knows how to innovate and, and change the game. To see a privateer do well, let's we'll, we'll call him a privateer. But you know, we to do something on, different. Um, like we had him on before, man, and yeah, he he gave a lot of credit to that with the boom people that he partnered with. But um, it was it was cool, wasn't just to see, you know, the, yeah, like you had the pit viper guys doing the shit haircut, <laughs> winner set of sunnies and bobbing for cash and. You know, hey, hey, I got, I got a pair of those tunnies in Adelaide for a shit haircut. You know, <laughs> I, I got, I got one cool guy in it because I'm the commentator and I got a set. And I thought I was too old to pull them off, but they're actually pretty sweet. They're fucking cool, man. Yeah, I oh, um, but like the vibe in the pits, I didn't really get to see much of it because the pit party was going on simultaneously, like daytime qualifying, and we had to do a lot of stuff with that. But um, it was open to the public, which was cool too. Like they, they were bringing people in free admission to the pit party then you could buy a ticket if you wanted to go in or if you were a ticket holder so another cool initiative by AME to like get people in the pits now, I don't know if it was yeah. like an intentional thing or if Newcastle is just a bit loose but it was so easy to get around like the, like to into the stadium out of the stadium just cruising around like it, Melbourne's obviously a bit more strict but Newcastle was epic in that way I thought it was like Michaela made the comment she's like it was so easy just to cruise around, and I think obviously, the dude, fans the security the guys thing. were like giving me fist bumps going through <laughs> yeah, to the tunnel, sick. and they were like as pumped as the the crowd. Yeah, you know? yeah, they were pumped to be. They yeah. were, they were. That was the thing too, Joe. Like we're standing on the sidelines, and I'm like, on the was it like that long rhythm lane where it was the three, 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 four over the table as you cut back across the start line. Like I was standing Even on that PTSD just, from that when he <laughs> crashed in. <laughs> Well, just standing on that side and like shooting photos and you'd look at the crowd and that was the side of the stand where the top section was like, uh, must have been closed or whatever it was. 
And I'm like, man, like there's still a decent crowd in here. And then you turn around, you see the stand behind us is like full to the brim, like floor to ceiling, full of people. And I'm like, holy shit, like this is epic. And this you can hear it, like it's legit. Our media, you came up to where our media box was up on the. That was a top good, um, good view right there too. Yeah, had the balcony and everything. Honestly, if I had a bigger lens, I probably could have just sat up there or not, shot everything from there. Wouldn't have had to move. So yeah, it's um, but like standing there with like the the music, like I mean, they won me over in the first thirty seconds of opening ceremonies with back to back Pennywise songs. Like I'm in, you know, like yeah, I the, know the old school punk rock is um strong in Supercross. Hey, yeah. there's like a lot of good songs. Well, that's where I think we're going to give a fist bump to old uh, Mick Sinks because I reckon he had a big influence for yeah, that. Yeah, it's definitely Sinks vibes for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, but even, like the whole crew, man, like the AME guys, even for, you know, for us, like, you know, being able to hang out with those guys after the races and, and you know, they're pretty open to, you know, as much as I'm in the industry and everything like that, but, you know, to bring me in and, you know, be a part of their debrief, like they don't really care about who who's hearing what they're talking about because they just want to progress the sport and I think they're doing it right. Yeah, so. they just want it to grow, man. That's the long and short of it. They want it to grow. Yeah. I've been and as for the TV, like really... The TV. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, as for like the, the TV broadcast having a few hiccups with like the sound band, that like, obviously we've been on the other side of that, Joe, where <laughs> that yeah, shit ain't we easy. We have, we have, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that gave me PTSD. <laughs> Uh, especially you know hearing people have issues with with the TV broadcast and then you know looking at Kevin Williams and I'm like oh my god we're back (laughs) yeah Uh, um, I think and I talked to Joel about this in the opening though I know we'll probably finish it up here because it's quite a long show now but like I'm getting really over the negativity that's surrounding social media right now with the sport you know whether it's World Supercross whether it's Australian Supercross TV, like I said, people have no idea outside looking in. Maybe it's an education thing. Like I said, my showrunner for commentating the stadium, he's not doing TV. He he just schedules certain things and runs sort of the floor plan when we go to TV, when we're with me and Cam, when Cam's doing TV. But there's a team of like 10 guys up in that in that box that, that run different things. The, the expense, I mean, we did NLG TV, Donnell, for years on a, on a somewhat limited budget. And it is so difficult. People watch footy or they watch AMA Supercross or they watch these Fox Sports or UFC and they just think everything should be at that standard. And yeah, they're probably right. That's where Supercross in this country should be. But the resources and the, 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 the money to do that, it's just not there right now. It's got to build. No, that's the thing. Like, all the ones that are that throwing shade at it, you know, like, I've seen a few negative comments today about, like, the whole shop money. Like, oh, it's only 150 bucks. It's oh, like, dude, well, I saw them gonna, too, man. Like, like, are you going to put up the 150 bucks? Like, is it, why is it always left to the industry to, to feed itself, you know? Like, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I don't really want to get into all that side of it. Um, it annoys me. Yeah, greatly, I, but, I, it's just frustrating me too, man, because like the AME guys, yeah, I work with them. Yeah, I have a vested interest in the championship, clearly, between commentary, which is a passion, and um, and my and my business, you know, between Inside Dirt, this, and ID Media Group. Yeah, I'm very vested in the interest being a success. But seeing the money and the resources that AME are pouring into this, um, they want it to be a success too, and I think people need to, to let that breathe as opposed to expecting so much in a year. Um, but anyway, yeah. my two cents. And by no means, yeah, I mean, yeah, by no means, like, the event was really good. 
it was really, really good. That's where Supercross should, should be. By no means was it polished, which it never will be. If there's no room to improve or you can't see where you can improve, then you're doing it wrong. And, you know, straight away after the events, the guys are going, right, this was good, this was good, this was good. We need to work on this, this, and this. So they're always going to strive to make the events better. So, you know, people sitting there on social media or watching on TV just going, oh, you know, this is this, is this and this is that. It's like, well, all right, well, put your hand up and do it because, you know, it's always it's always the same group of people having to do it. And it's not like we're gatekeeping it or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's easy to sit back on your computer and talk shit. But, uh, you know, if you're at that event, so that whatever the crowd number was, was 16,000, 17,000 people there. Yeah, 16,000, 17,000, man. Again, massive crowd. I didn't have a single complaint from, I didn't hear a single complaint from a rider. I didn't hear a single complaint from a team member. I didn't hear, like, everyone in the crowd had a great time. The only ones that you hear the complaints from are the ones that aren't at the events. So, yeah, agreed, you man. want to go to the sport, support the sport. Yeah, go to the event, go to Melbourne. I know they need. Need, they need to sell some tickets for Melbourne, for especially for Friday night. So all you guys listening from Melbourne, support the championship. Yeah, it probably is a drive from wherever you're from and getting to Marvel and whatnot, but, you know, support it and, yeah. and let's grow it. And we get with, you know, with World Supercross on the Saturday night, and yeah, you know, maybe you can't afford to go both nights, but, man, if it was me, I, I don't know, I hold a bias. <laughs> I'd be going Friday night, <laughs> Saturday night. Um, yeah, Sunday night. I'd be at all of them, man. Um I mean, I will be. I'm, I'm actually not commentating Melbourne because they've got the the World Supercross TV crew and and. Oh, she's been benched for Grant Langston. Oh my god! I know, right? <laughs> the audacity of it. But yeah, I have been benched, but I'm still going. Like I'm spending, you know, inside the ID Media money to go and, you know, do I buy tickets? No, but I spend a boatload of money to get me and my staff to the events to cover it and. We're all investing, you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I'm just a massive fan of the sport, so I was had zero plan in racing Supercross for a bit, and I had my ticket, I have my flights, and I've got seats. So I'm not going to be in the seat because I'm going to be racing now. Yeah, right. I've got seats, and I <laughs> dude, have my that's such a funny story. Because it's like I'm, I just love it. I go to Melbourne every year. You do, I know that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, Adam Bailey. I just think he's awesome and what he's done. Um, I think that's how I met you originally. I listened to podcasts with you and Adam, and I reached out and. Way back um, then in nine, I remember twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, the business of motocross podcast. I remember having to edit that thing. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> the business of motocross. Yeah, because Bailey hit me up after it was Gilman twenty nineteen hit me up because Kevy did a talk about everyone talking negatively about the championship. It writers briefing and and somehow Bailey and I got to talking about it and then we ended up doing like the podcast. So yeah. And it's like Adam just yeah, seems no. like he's always wanting to learn and build and grow. He's so humble, man. Like yeah. he really does just want it to, to grow. I see his name pop up on social media on everybody's pages and stuff. And he's like, I'm like myself. Like I'm nobody really. And he's, you know, I wouldn't go that far, but he's, <laughs> he's pumping me up and he's like, Oh, it's so cool that you're racing. And like, he's just stoked that I'm going to the races and whatever. So I don't know. Have a guy like that. It's, it's where it sort of frustrates, frustrates me when, things do go wrong because I just want it to go right for him so bad. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, um, he has put his hand up for a position that is, I don't envy. It's very, very arduous task to grow these championships. Well, obviously he's world supercross, but you know, AME was his business at one point, but anyway, we're running long guys. Um, Donnell, appreciate the chat. We'll close the show yeah, out okay. here. And, um, it was nice to hang out with you in a social setting after the event for once. 
Um, I know. I was actually shocked. I you were almost, legitimately shocked. Like, to yeah, see me like, at I mean, after party. Like, you know, like I've seen you and your element so many times, and for you to finally see me and mine, <laughs> you know, like, that's, you know, you do your commentary and you do your media and this and that, you know, like, daytime program, Darnell, very different to nighttime program, you know. So, yeah, you come out with uh, some. We were on the phone earlier. He and I was he. You normally know, talk when he's driving yeah, we from work. We can't. We can't. Re- <laughs> we can't say the things he said to me on the show. But man, he was coming out with some one line. I'm like, do you remember this? He's like, no. Nah. I'm like, you said this. He's like, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, that, that, that's where it's sort of you know business time. It's you know on race day, it's Daniel, and then after party it splits, and then that's when Darnell comes out in full force. It's a blessing and a curse, but uh, I'm excited for <laughs> Melbourne. We'll see you all there. I bought a ticket and now I've been approved for World Supercross Media, so uh, I don't know if I'll even see my seat that I've paid for, but I'll be there. Um, I should probably see everyone apply there. for a media credit, actually, because now I'm not commentating when I need that. <laughs> There's a few yeah. endless in Melbourne. Just go pass your ticket out, mate. Yeah, give it to, yeah, the, right. give it to the needy. I don't know. I might, uh, you'd have to sit with all my friends and <laughs> you know what they're like, Joe. Yeah. They're a lot. Yeah, that's a vibe. That's a vibe. <laughs> For those that know me, you can only imagine what my friends are like. So, um, oh, good times. Yeah, I'm keen for Melbourne. I'm just, yeah, I'm back on Supercross now. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, we're back, baby. That we're back. And uh, hopefully this builds, you know, after an event like that, I can't wait for Melbourne and can't wait for next year. I want more, more, more Newcastle vibes. That's what we want. There's more rounds next year. I won't spoil the announcements, but there is more rounds. So that's encouraging. Um, all right, guys. Appreciate everyone listening this long into the Inside Dirt Show. It's been the Newcastle Australian Supercross Round 2 review. Um, myself, Joel Evans, in studio. Um, thank you to Caleb Barham and uh, thank you to Dylan Wills. And, of course, Darnell Official. Uh, we'll close out the show. And uh, we've got one more review for the year, guys. Follow in Melbourne. And um, we'll see you there in a couple of weeks, Darnell. All right, see you guys there. See you, Joel. Good luck in Melbourne. Thanks, dude. All right, thanks, guys.